Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise to Thee, O Christ, King of eternal glory. Christ, for our sakes, hath endured temptation and suffering. O come, let us worship Him. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving. And make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth, the strength of the hills is his also. Form the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Glory be to the Father and to Christ, for our sakes, hath endured temptation and suffering. O come, let us worship him.
Be thou my strong rock, for an house of defense to save me, for thou art my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for thy name's sake, lead me and guide me. In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in thy righteousness. Into thine hand I commit my spirit. Thou hast redeemed me, O Lord, God of truth. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. Mine eye is consumed with grief, yea, my soul and my belly. Make thy face to shine upon thy servant. Save me for thy mercy's sake. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Be thou my strong rock, for an house of defense to save me, for thou art my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for thy name's sake, lead me and guide me. The Old Testament lesson for Quinquagesima Sunday is written in the 16th chapter of the first book of the prophet Samuel, beginning at the first verse. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, since I have rejected him from being king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided a king for myself with his sons. Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. The Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Call Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what you shall do. You shall anoint to me him whom I name to you. Samuel did which the Lord spoke and came to Bethlehem. The elders of the city came to meet him, trembling, and said, Do you come peaceably? He said, Peaceably. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourselves, and come with me to the sacrifice. He sanctified Jesse and his sons, and called them to the sacrifice. When they had come, he looked at Eliab, and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't look on his face or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For I don't see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab, and made him pass before Samuel. He said, The Lord has not chosen this one either. Then Jesse made Shammah to pass by. He said, The Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel. Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen these. Samuel said to Jesse, Are all your sons here? He said, There remains yet the youngest. Behold, he is keeping the sheep. Samuel said to Jesse, Send and get him, for we will not sit down until he comes here. He sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy, with a handsome face and good appearance. The Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the middle of his brothers. Then the Lord's Spirit came mightily on David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The epistle is written in the thirteenth chapter of the first epistle to the Corinthians, beginning at the first verse. 
Brothers, if I speak with the languages of men and of angels, but don't have love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but don't have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my goods to feed the poor, and if I give my body to be burned, but don't have love, it profits me nothing. Love is patient and is kind. Love doesn't envy. Love doesn't brag. Is not proud. Doesn't behave itself inappropriately. Doesn't seek its own way. Is not provoked. Takes no account of evil. Doesn't rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will be done away with. Where there are various languages, they will cease. Where there is knowledge, it will be done away with. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is complete has come, then that which is partial will be done away with. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I felt as a child, I thought as a child. Now that I have become a man, I have put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror, dimly, but then, face to face, now I know in part, but then, I will know fully, even as I was also fully known. But now, faith, hope, and love remain, these three. The greatest of these is love. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture.
Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. The Holy Gospel is according to St. Luke, the 18th chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Jesus took the twelve aside and said to them, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and all the things that are written through the prophets concerning the Son of Man will be completed. For he will be delivered up to the Gentiles, will be mocked, treated shamefully, and spit on. They will scourge and kill him. On the third day he will rise again. They understood none of these things. This saying was hidden from them, and they didn't understand the things that were said. As he came near Jericho, a certain blind man sat by the road, begging. Hearing a multitude going by, he asked what this meant. They told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. He cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. Those who led the way rebuked him, that he should be quiet. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Standing still, Jesus commanded him to be brought to him. When he had come near, he asked him, What do you want me to do? He said, Lord, that I may see again. Jesus said to him, Receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed him, glorifying God. All the people, when they saw it, praised God. Here ends the Gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. The Lord will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. For thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee, and they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, and they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. How does the kingdom of God work? By grace alone, by scripture alone, by faith alone. We prayed this morning, O Lord, we beseech you mercifully hear our prayers. That's the collect that's in your bulletin. Mercifully hear our prayers. And so when we pray such a thing, we have to ask, who are we confessing to be when we beseech and beg the Lord to hear us? That's what beseech means, to beg. What prayers are we begging him to hear? And the answers this morning are very simple. We are confessing today that each of one of us is the blind beggar. We are saying that his prayers are our prayers. And so from the gospel, as Jesus drew near to Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. And hearing a crowd going by, he inquired what this meant. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who were in front rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. 
Kyrie eleison, Christe eleison, Kyrie eleison, that is, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy. Every single one of us was conceived and born blind. Which is why the world is blind, because we're all blind. No one can see. The world is simply the blind leading the blind for centuries upon centuries. Even with all the knowledge gained by reason and science over the millennia, still the world is blind. In fact, with all the knowledge that we have about the world and about us, it is a world that can't tell the difference between a man and a woman. It's a world that wants to butcher not only its young, but also its language, getting rid of words like male and female. That spends so much time, a world that spends so much time with its head down in screens, living in non-existent virtual worlds, that it's forgetting how the actual world really works. The world in this text are those who rebuked the blind man and told him to be silent. Notice they were fine telling him about the name of Jesus. But when he wanted to pray, when he wanted to proclaim the truth of his blindness, that is when the world tried to shut, shout him down. So brutal is the world. Notice how badly they tried to shout him down that when people do try to shout someone down, even if that person can see who's being shouted at, it's a great temptation for those who see to shut their eyes, stick out their hand, and willingly be led by the blind. Succumbing to the pressure, but not realizing that when the blind follow the blind, when the blind, blind lead the blind, they will both fall into the pit because the world is blind. It's blind because we are all conceived and born blind. Blind meaning we are born without fear, love, and trust in God. Born without love for our neighbor. Born into adultery of seeing ourselves as God. Thinking we can earn all this for ourselves. Believing we have power to see everything. When we're so curved in on ourselves that we can see nothing. So today... This final Sunday before our Lenten journey begins, as Jesus is announced to be passing by, we, like the blind men, are presented with two ways. The way of sight and the way of blindness. The way of life or the way of death. The way of Christ going to Jerusalem or the way of the selfish crowd who has no mercy. The way of Lent or the way of the world. The prayers of the blind man are not, of course, prayers of a man seeking the way of the world. Those are the prayers of a man who knows he is blind. Who, although he is blind, can still see his sin and repents. Who in repentance hears the name of Jesus and desperately desires grace, mercy, and the Lord's word. He knows his need of his Savior. And so we hear this text, we pray what we pray today, and we're confessing that we are blind beggars, sinners in need of forgiveness. Yet the blind beggar, if you notice, he doesn't stop with those two prayers. He prays again. In verse 40 it says, And Jesus stopped and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he, the blind beggar, came near, he asked Jesus, What do you want me to do? Or Jesus asked him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said, Let me recover my sight. The blind beggar's prayers are 
our prayers. His prayers for mercy are our prayers for mercy. His prayers for sight is our prayer for sight. But ask yourself, why do you want to see? Then you really have to ask, why does this blind beggar desire to see? And it sounds rather ludicrous to ask, why does the blind man want to see? Well, of course, we have our answers in our head. So he can see the wonderful sunset. So he can behold the faces of his wife and children and family and so on. Why wouldn't a man want to see? All of us want to see the wonders of creation in this life. So of course he wants to see. But still, such a sight, just physical sight, is only for a time. It's fleeting. Eventually, death will come. It will rob not only sight from those eyes again, it will also rob life from that body, from that soul. And so for the blind man, here is the son of David, the promised Messiah, the son of God through whom all things were created and who can give you anything because everything is within his power. Why settle for asking for mere physical sight? Why not instead ask for freedom from the fallenness of the world? Why not ask for release from the fate of death or vengeance on his enemies? Or an escape from the world that just tried to shut him up and shut him down. When the choice before him is between the way of the world that hates him or the way of Christ and eternal life, why simply ask, Lord, let me recover my sight? And you see, that's, that's just the thing. If we as blind, man, blind men only ask for sight, physical sight for our eyes, we would be going the way of the world. Even if the Lord should restore to us mere physical sight or restore mere physical ailments, still, we'd be blind, we'd be suffering. If the blind man was begging in this prayer for mere physical sight, then that would be like us begging in prayer, but only for God to give us mere physical health, mere jobs, mere clothes, mere bread for our tables, mere marriage, or mere family. It would be as if we fasted to earn these things, as if we helped our neighbor in giving alms only so we can use them to get what we want in this life. Such a prayer asking for all the physical things in this life leads one to fast thinking he earns temporal blessings. It leads one to pray thinking that we give alms only to use our neighbor to get what our flesh desires, to ease our own anxiety. Such prayer asks for only for things in this life which are fleeting, for things which will be quickly consumed by destruction or rust or moth. Praying only for the things of this world is the way of the world. That's the way of the crowd. They're following Jesus, but what are they following, fo following him for? for mere food, for clothes, for wealth. And we know this because that's why they shouted down the beggar in need. They're trying to get what they want. Where even if God does grant all the temporal blessings that are being prayed for, the moment that even the smallest bit of want or suffering should emerge, that means the crowd will turn on God, become angry with Him. That's what our flesh does. Such a prayer for only earthly things sees Jesus as only a vending machine, 
and ourselves as gods who, if we push the right buttons, can get from the machine whatever we want. Praying in such a way would reveal in us a blindness that's deeper, that does not see us for who we are and does not see Christ for who he is, that does not understand suffering, that does not understand self-denial or Lent. That is the way the world teaches us to pray, in blindness. But the, man, but the man prayed, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. Lord, let me recover my sight. He's not desiring just mere physical sight, is he? He's, re- he's showing himself to be a sinful, repentant beggar who desires faith to cling to his Lord and Savior. So what is it that the beggar does want to see? It's this. From the opening. Taking the twelve, Jesus said to them, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and everything that is written about the Son of Man by the prophets will be accomplished. For he will be delivered over to the Gentiles and be mocked and shamefully treated and spit upon. And after flogging him, they will kill him. And on the third day, he shall rise again. But they understood none of these things. Notice that. The twelve understood none of this. This saying was hidden from them, it says. They did not grasp what was said. That's what the beggar begs for. He wants to see what the twelve could not understand at this time. He wanted to have revealed to him what was hidden from them at this time. He wanted to cling to the cross which they could not yet grasp. O Lord, we beseech you mercifully hear our prayers having set us free from the bonds of sin. That is, give us sight. Give us forgiveness. Set us free to have faith to see you, Christ crucified for our sins. The blind beggar wasn't begging for mere physical sight. He was begging for mercy, for forgiveness. He was begging for sight to behold our Lord on the cross, to receive from him there, to see our Lord crucified for his sake, to see the blood of our Lord run down on the cross and on to him to wash away his sins, to see our Lord breathe his last and to die with him, to take our dying to take away our guilt and our punishment, to see him dying in our stead, to see our Lord raised from the dead on the third day to justify him and us. We're about to start Lent. Do you see what the blind beggar was wanting to see? Because we're about to head toward it. He wants to see Good Friday. He wants to see Easter. And he doesn't want to see it He wants to see it with eyes of faith to cling to it. He's begging to behold the flesh and blood of his Lord for the forgiveness of his sins. That's what we do at the rail. We beg at the rail just as the blind man begged before our Lord. We beg here at the rail for the same thing that this man begs for. The eyes of faith to see the flesh and blood of the Son of God. Jesus says to him, Recover your sight. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight. Before that, Jesus predicted, and after flogging him, the Christ himself, 
After flogging him, they will kill him, and on the third day he will rise. When, when Christ says, recover your sight, when the man immediately has his sight recovered, that means the blind man can now see what Jesus is see, saying about being flogged and killed and rising again. The blind man can see and believe that the Lord died and rose again for him, for his salvation, for the gift of eternal life, for new eyes to see. We prayed, our Lord, we beseech you, mercifully hear our prayers, having set us free from the bonds of sin. Being freed from the bonds of sin means Christ has given us true sight to behold the cross. It means being given true sight to see the body and blood. For the blind man, it was seeing the body and blood, body and blood stand before him. For us, it's seeing the body and blood here in this supper. Where when you're given this supper, it shows that Christ has set you free. That's what you confess when you partake of it. Yet what now? So you're free. You can see. So can the blind man. Where do we, like the blind man on the verge of Lent, where do we go from here? And again, today, the final Sunday, before our Lenten journey, we are presented with two ways as our Lord is with us the way of sight or the way of blindness, the way back to imprisonment or the way of self-denying freedom, the way of life or the way of death, the way of Christ on the way to Jerusalem or the way of the selfish crowd who has no mercy. We have before us the way of Lent or the way of the world. And to know which way the Lord desires us to go, see what the blind man does. In verse 43, and immediately he recovered his sight and followed Christ, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praises to God. The Lord gives us the sight of faith so we may see suffering for what it is. His sacrifice in love for our salvation. In his grace, which we deserved none of so that we may give our sacrifice of love in almsgiving for the neighbor, so all may see and glorify God, even when our neighbors don't deserve our love, just like we didn't deserve the Lord's. The Lord gives us the sight of faith so we may see prayer for what it is, repeating God's word back to him. Where in prayer the cross is brought into lives by the power of the word. For it is the power of the word which gives life and sight and words to our prayers. The Lord gives us the sight of faith so we may see self-denial for what it is. Which is him taking the form of a servant. Which is him who has no sin becoming sin for us. That's self-denial. So that we may be freed and freed we can in faith now pick up our crosses, deny ourselves and follow him. We repent, we're forgiven, and now because of him we can see. And seeing, we give alms, we give charity, we pray, we fast, because now seeing, now following him, we know that the kingdom of God works by grace alone, word alone, faith alone. So come today, join the beggar at the rail, and receive together the body and blood of our Lord to strengthen your faith and sharpen your sight. 
Then let us come together Wednesday to begin the way of Lent. As we come together to deny ourselves, pick up our crosses, and follow him to Jerusalem with ashes upon our heads. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and all things that are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man shall be accomplished. For he shall be delivered unto the Gentiles, and shall be mocked and spit on. And they shall scourge him and put him to death, and the third day he shall rise again. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies, and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers, and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he sware to our father Abraham, that he would grant unto us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him, all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and all things that are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man shall be accomplished. For he shall be delivered unto the Gentiles, and shall be mocked and spit on. And they shall scourge him, and put him to death, and the third day he shall rise again. O Lord, have mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, we beseech you, mercifully hear our prayers, and, having set us free from the bonds of sin, defend us from all evil. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks for all your goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of your dear Son and for the revelation of your will and grace. And we beseech you so to implant your word in us that in good and honest hearts we may keep it and bring forth the fruits of faith by patient continuance and well-doing. 
Most heartily, we beseech you so to rule and govern your church Catholic, with all her pastors and ministers, that we may be preserved in the pure doctrine of your saving word, whereby faith toward you may be strengthened, love and charity increased in us toward all mankind, and your kingdom extended. Send forth laborers into your harvest, and sustain those whom you have sent, that the word of reconciliation may be proclaimed to all people, and the gospel preached in all the world. Grant health and prosperity to all who are in authority, especially to Joseph, our President, the Congress of these United States, Kim, our Governor, the Legislature of this State, and to all our judges and magistrates, and endue them with grace to rule after your good pleasure, to the maintenance of righteousness, and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. May it please you also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries, that they may cease their enmity and hostilities, and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for your name's sake, comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit, that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of your fatherly will. Especially do we pray for those that we name in our hearts at this time. Although we have deserved your righteous wrath and manifold punishment, yet we entreat you, O most merciful Father, remember not the sins of our youth nor our many transgressions, but out of your unspeakable goodness, grace, and mercy, defend us from all harm and danger of body and soul. Preserve us from false and pernicious doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of your mercy, and from an evil death. And in every time of trouble, show yourself a very present help, the Savior of all men, and especially of them that believe. Cause all needed fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all lawful occupations on land, sea, and air, and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, and crown them with your blessing. Receive, O God, our bodies and souls and all our talents, together with the offerings we bring before you. For by his blood your Son has purchased us to be your own, that we may live under him in his kingdom. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise, and with thy honor all the day. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, Almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through the same Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast protected us through the night from all danger and harm. And we beseech thee to preserve and keep us this day also 
from all sin and evil, that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please Thee. Into Thy hands we commend our bodies and our souls and all that is ours. Let Thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto Thee. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit, be with us all. Amen.